0: This is Parked Up Plus, the place of pace for motor racing news thanks to Race Fuels. From supercars to club racing, Race Fuels keeps Australian motorsport moving, supplying premium products when and where racers need it. And fueling the latest news and views is Parked Up Plus.
1: Coming up, supercars bans Formula One style mission control monitoring, the high-tech tactic you didn't know was happening. Chaz Moffed is a championship contender we hear from him and team boss ryan Walkenshaw. portrayed aussie formula one race director michael Mass's future and supercars driving standards advisor craig baird as his say plus breaking news on the russia ban and supercars return to new zealand
0: all this and more straight ahead on parked up plus with mark fogarty
1: welcome race fans this is the first of weekly updates on what's happening in racing with breaking news. And we'll tell you how it is and we'll talk to the major players. So let's start as we intend to go on with a supercar scoop. We've learned that Formula One style mission control remote monitoring at events has been banned. This is where teams have a team of geeks back at base, watching the telemetry from the cars. With more eyeballs, they can alert teams to trends or possible problems. It's a big resource in F1, and at least one Supercars team was doing it last year. I understand that Supercars technical officials have been aware of this and investigating for many months and have now declared that an off-site mission control is illegal. It wasn't before, but now it is. Using remote computer access to a car's data feed to help inform a team, in addition to their trackside staff, has been banned. Clever teams, had, of course, had worked out that this was a loophole in the rules, specifically the limit on performance personnel allowed at each round. It was outlawed quietly in a variation of the rules sent to the teams before the weekend's opening supercars round at Sydney Motorsport Park. Essentially, mission control has been banned to contain costs and clarify the limit on performance personnel allowed at each round. The extra people back at base monitoring how a car is going have been deemed to be outside the 12 or 13 person limit for two-car team for those who have a direct influence on the running of a car. In hindsight, it was obvious that, you know, at least one of the top teams was gonna exploit this loophole in the rules. And one did, as far as I'm informed. Although Supercars Insiders told me that the mission control concept has been under investigation since last year, I'm informed. It's an issue that was raised by a team at the most recent Supercars Commission meeting. Anyway, upshot, remote live data analysis, which the rules previously did not prohibit, has now officially been banned. So there you go. That was the rumble underneath everything at the first round at Sydney Motorsport Park this weekend, where, of course, Chas Mostert starred. And if there are any doubts that Mostert and Walkinshaw and United were going to be championship contenders. Sunday's wet and wild race dispelled all those doubts. Mostert came away from the weekend with the championship lead after winning Sunday's race as reigning champ Shane Van Gisbergen faltered, although he did a remarkable recovery to scoop up points despite all his problems. Afterwards, Supercar's very own reality TV media star Lachlan Mansell spoke exclusively to Mostard for Parked Up Plus.
2: So, Chaz Mostard, just talk me through your day here at Sydney Motorsport Park. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty cool day. Started, started seventh. I didn't expect to, to win the race, but drove round lap after lap in the dry, and then it got nice and moist out there, and then, um, yeah, ended up finishing with a win. Um, Obviously, the weather conditions played to your advantage, as did your tie strategy today. Um, Yeah, obviously, we had a few more ties up our sleeve than what a few guys did yesterday, just the way we were, how many we were allowed. But um, yeah, just had a really good start and put ourselves in a a position to fight for the win from the word go. Um, But we made better strategy choices than a few guys around us, which was able to to get us on the best tyre at the right time, at, you know, that three-quarter mark of the race with a, with a much softer tyre and faster tyre than the guys around us. So then that got us to track position when it rained and then it was pretty straightforward from there, coming for wet tyres, same as everyone else, and um, get out there and get, get amongst
3: it.
1: Mostert's win was further vindication of WAU team boss Ryan Walkinshaw's plan to reestablish the former Holden Racing team as a title contending force. Now, of course, Chaz is the talisman of the team, but as Walkinshaw told Parked Up Plus, the team's revival is due to more
3: than just one person. I think it's a combination of things because you know Chaz isn't a one man isn't a one man show. You know he's a fantastic driver, and in my opinion, him and Shane are the two best drivers in the category at the moment. and uh, you know, Charles's personality and reputation preceded him, and he's he's been you know, if anything, he's he's uh, he's over-delivered on what our expectations were on how he uh, how he acts within the team. Um, but you know, he came with Adam DeBorey. Um, you know, we've had Grant McPherson and, and Jeff Slater, and now uh, Nick out as well. And so I think, uh, as you say, it's not one person; it's a team. And you know, we really really focus on the on the. On, on the team aspect of that. And um, just like in an AFL team or a rugby team, um, you know, it's not just one player or just one coach. It's, uh, it's everyone behind the scenes all working together. And uh, one person doesn't make all the difference. But, um, you know, bring, you know lots of good people in, that working together, that's what makes the difference. And you know, that's what we've been working to try and, uh, try and create here at WAU over the last few years.
1: There'll be more from Ryan Walkinshaw in an upcoming episode of Parked Up. Moving on, sacked Aussie Formula One race director Michael Massey will soon be returning home to consider his long-term future. My information is that Massey is negotiating his exit from the FIA and won't, will not, accept a sideways move to Formula One track safety delegate. The fallout from the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix is going to impact race controls around the world, including more security on decisions in supercars. Driving standards advisor Craig Baird tells us he is in no doubt, Massey was thrown under the bus by the FIA.
4: Absolutely, absolutely he has. So he didn't do anything wrong. He is running that race as a race director and he had the power to do what he did. Whether people like that or not, he didn't do anything outside what's legally available to him. The problem I have is if they want to tighten their rules up, give him a wingman, give him support. Don't all of a sudden go, now we need two race directors, a hub in London of mm. 10 people. With all. Race control generally in most parts of the world is so far behind technically of the race teams, how how are they supposed to compete?
1: Interestingly, Baird reckons a lot of Formula One's adjudication problems would be solved by adopting Supercar's track limits system.
4: Track limits in Formula One just
1: blows me away.
4: And I've had so many chats with Michael on it. We are so far ahead of the rest of the world on track limits because we use a simple thing called a transponder. And we put timing loops in that instead of working for qualifying on the start-finish line, work on how wide you run off the track. And it triggers it and in practice and qualifying deletes your time and in the race gives us a, a, a number um, to work with whether you're in track limits or not. Why Formula One doesn't have that I'll never know. And that was probably what triggered most of the problem in Formula One all year. It was one guy would pass and then all of a sudden, oh, he's outside track limits. Did he give the position back or did he give the gap back? And it comes back down to simple things like track limits.
1: Beardo has a lot more to say about the impact of Massey's sacking and you'll hear it on Parked Up with Grant Rowley and Tony Dalberto. The Australian government has avoided another sports star controversy now that Nikita Mazapin has been dumped by Haas. We've learned that Motorsport Australia, the national governing body, had considered a ban on Russian drivers and teams. That ban actually, well, to be fair, they couldn't actually enforce, even if they had the moral ground, such as the Motorsport UK has invoked. But while MA just determined that they don't have the power under the FIA statutes to do that, they petitioned the federal government for guidance for Mazapin's eligibility for next month's Formula 1 Australian Grand Prix. Well, long story short, (laughs) Mazapin would have been refused a visa with the feds about to announce Russian athletes will be banned from entering. Well, it's not an issue now because he's been sacked. But anyway, Motorsport Australia was one of the sporting bodies pressing for guidance from Canberra. So it's no longer an issue because Mazepin won't be competing at the Australian Grand Prix. But the Feds wanted to get ahead of the game by declaring a ban on Russian and Belarusian athletes, avoiding the mess that we saw over tennis star Novak Djokovic. On, off, you're gone. Entry for the Australian Open. You're listening to Parked Up Plus. While you're listening to Parked Up, Race is getting ready for the Phillip Island Island Classic
2: Historic Round. We have so much fuel going down with staff and bowsers to attend this classic historic event. See you down there at the racetrack and keep an eye out for the Elf Race 102.
1: Welcome back. In his first major interview since being appointed Supercar's Chief Executive Officer, Shane Howard has opened up to Parked Up Plus. The headline is that the New Zealand round scheduled for mid-September is in doubt. And it's in doubt because air freight costs have skyrocketed, he's shame
0: Yeah, well, the, it, yeah, we do have to do a uh, flyaway. Mm-hmm. Turnaround times are very important. You know, you can't take a chance on uh, sea freight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's critical that we do fly the cars. And um, the freight at the moment is uh, you know, is has had you know, massive up- uplifts in it all around the world. I think everything that we're dealing with has got uplift in the freight costs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just seeing where that. Where that balances out, you know, and I'm hearing
1: double, pretty much.
0: Yeah, you hear, you hear a, you're hearing variant, yeah, you know, variable costs, but um, we've still got a fair way uh, before we go to New Zealand, right? Mm. There's a bit of time for things to perhaps settle down a little bit.
1: But it, that that is jeopardising the event at the moment. Well, the cost, the sheer cost, if it stays there.
0: Well, it's a factor. We'll mm. we'll see where it's at when we get closer to it.
1: Also, Howard confirmed that overseas races are back on the agenda, with events in Southeast Asia the target.
0: I, I personally think that we need, you know, we we would really much uh, like to have um, uh, go back to an international strategy of a couple of events. I think in the right, uh, the right countries and the right zones that um, that could greatly benefit the sport. Through manufacturers and all through, also support our sponsors and etc. for the championship. So,
1: where are you thinking for this international re-expansion? I mean, logically, Southeast Asia.
0: Well, Southeast Asia, Asia is, um, is is as is, as you say a logical choice. Good, good uh, time zone. Um, you know, it's uh, in regard to the travel. You know, one of the impediments for our uh, international um, overseas expansion has always been freight and people movement because we move mm-hmm. a lot. You know, 2747s, two, two seven mm-hmm. you know, minimum sort of 350 packs uh, of, of people travelling. It's a lot of uh, room nights. Um, so if you, if you cut down your travel distance and your turnaround times and you've got the TV coming in at the right time, obviously that's a, that's a benefit.
1: Mm-hmm. Is there still interest out there? Are there possibilities
0: there there, absolutely there is um you know i mean we've got such a well recognized Mm -hmm. um, racing product um it just comes down to the economics of it working
1: really more from our expansive interview with shane howard on parked up in the next couple of weeks now with a wrap-up of the weekends racing outside supercars here's grant rowley
2: City Motorsport Park event saw four support categories diced through a mixture of dry, wet and very wet conditions over the weekend. In Dunlop Super 2, a new winner and title favourite shared the spotlight. Image Racing's Jalen Robotham scored a magic maiden race win only after MW Motorsport's Tyler Everham was robbed by a flat tyre in the round one opener. Zach Best claimed the second race win after what could only be described as a chaotic race. Best efforts have landed him an early series lead ahead of Grove Racing's Matt Payne, Robotham and Thomas Maxwell, who was the best of the Nissan Altimates. Joining Super 2 was the Super 3 cars in their race within a race. Eggleston Motorsport's hotshot Kai Allen took the overall win, beating a fast and impressive Brad Vaughan for Anderson Motorsport. Ray Hislop was third overall and also claimed the Privateer's Cup class, which is effectively a race within a race within a race. In the ever-popular Gulf Western Oil's Touring Car Masters, the final results read more like a result sheet from the early 90s. Medecki, Bow, Hansford and Johnson sit on top of the series' standings after the first round, with George Medecki's outstanding performances in the White Line Camara leaving him at the top of the tree after round one. The Toyota Gazoo 86 series was the domain of Lachlan Gibbons in his privately entered 86 racer, taking all three race wins. Like Gibbons, Zach Bates and Job Stewart finished second and third respectively in all three races, while guest drivers Warren Luff and Jonathan Webb were sixth and fifteenth overall at the conclusion of the wet proceedings. And still in Sydney, the battery world Aussie racing cars were at their racy best. Tom Heyman was the overall winner, ahead of Cody Brzezinski and TCR Australia driver Cody Garland. In a much drier part of the world, the opening round of the MotoGP was held in Qatar, and it was Grassini Racing's Inia Bastiani who took his year-old bike to a maiden MotoGP win. Red Bull KTM Factory Racing's Brad Binder finished second ahead of Repsol Honda's Paul Espelago. For the Aussie duo, it was a mixed day, with Remy Gardner taking 15th place, and along with that, his first Premier Class Championship point, while Ducati ace Jack Miller qualified fourth, but retired after six laps with an electrical gremlin. That's the racing news from home and abroad. Grant Rowley reporting for Parked Up.
1: Big news for GT fans. Global GT guru Stefan Rattel will be at the Fanatec GT World Challenge Australia, powered by AWS, at Phillip Island in two weeks. GT's feature on the Speed Series bill at the Island, and it's a coup to have Rattel here. His presence confirms that Australia is a major player in global GT racing with, of course, the Bathurst 12-hour, a key event. We'll hear from Rattel on Parked Up when he gets here, so stay tuned. In other news, we hear that Channel 7's 7th gear motorsport program is in doubt. Seven motorsport producer Anna Stone, daughter of Hall of Fame supercars team owner Roth Stone, has left the building. So, still waiting to hear if the weekly feature show is continuing is Jack Perkins, who continues to impress on Seven's Supercars coverage. Seven's Gear was hosted by Chris Stubbs. Well, he's defected to Stan sports coverage of ARG's Speed Series. Garth Tander was alongside Perkins as a co-presenter. The future of that show, we don't know. Okay, so if Labor wins the South Australian election later this month, the Adelaide 500 will be back, pencilled in as the final supercars round in early December. Supercars is hanging its hat on Adelaide's return. Otherwise, it has a big dilemma. The Newcastle Street event isn't going to happen in May, and if Adelaide returns, it'll have to be shoehorned into the calendar in a like an August to October slot. Now, the logical place would be the season ender, but that doesn't work because the Newcastle 500 is scheduled to open next year's Supercar Series in early March and the events would be too close together. Yeah, so go figure it out. But anyway, if the opposition gets in in the South Australian elections on March 19, Also, I hear the South Australian Motorsport Board will be reinstituted to run the event. And they did that successfully for many years. And the event declined uh, when that board was banished. So finally, I'm sure you all saw Chas Mostert sporting a blue hairdo at Sydney Motorsport Park. Actually, it was teal mimicking the flashes on his Mobile One Optus Commodore. And as Ryan Walkinshire explains, it was all part of an ongoing bet.
3: Yes, correct. That was a bet that if he won Bathurst, I would dye my hair, same as his. He did try and get me to uh, shave the sides and go for the Mohawk like him as well, but uh, I didn't go that far. And I've got a new bet with Chaz that uh, if he wins the championship this year, then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll match the bet from this year, but go blue like he is currently. Which um, is both an incentive and maybe something which is a bit of a turn off. Yeah, I was going to say, you'd, you'd, want, to, <laughs> yeah. you'd, you'd want to win,
1: but it's yeah. going to be at a high price because I'm not sure how you're
3: going to, how yeah, you're well, going to look at. I've I've with kept the teal I'm, do. Yeah, I've kept the blonde hair, um, but I'm not sure I'll uh, I'll commit properly to the blue hair if I have to do it. But it'll be a good problem to have because okay. it would have meant that we won the championship. So that's yeah. That's
1: it for now. Back this time next week with the latest news and views on what's happening in motorsport. In the meantime, tune in to Parked Up with Grant Rowley and Antonio Alberto for more discussion and debate on local and international racing. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening.
2: You've just listened to another Network Car production.